Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Tonight I am joined by Brendan Krauss. Hello. And we are going to be uh, doing another in our, uh, is it behind the panels that we call this now? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think like that. that. <laughs> I think it, yeah, I think that's. Um, and you and I have decided to do the Jeff Johns run on Aquaman, which was the uh, first 25 issues of the new 52 run from 2011 to 2013. Um, I guess we should uh, talk about our history with the character to some degree. Um, you can start because I'm guessing you have more of a DC history than I do. So, yeah, Aquaman. I mean, I pretty much, I would say he's a character I like. Wouldn't say I love him. Um, I've never really seen him as like a joke, like a lot of people do. Um, with the Jeff Johns Aquaman specifically, you know, back in, back when I read the first couple issues but then just it's not even that i thought they were bad i just didn't finish it later went back and read it and uh and yeah that's my exposure to it um yeah nice and for me uh you know i've been a dc reader now for i guess about 11 years and i actually kind of started with you know because my big thing with dc and i've always been a i've been a pretty significant marvel reader for most of my 45 years on earth. Um, and, uh, in the case of DC stuff, my big thing was always like, I would go into shops or, or buy stuff off of comiXology and whatever. And like, if you look at the series run of Batman, it was like, and I know myself well enough to know that I'm a completist when it comes to comic shit. So like I'd go into a shop and see like the latest issue of Batman. It was issue like seven thirty. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want to go back and, you know, pay for all of the, you know, because I'm inherently a completist, especially when it comes to comic crap. So, like, the New 52 became this very easy point at which to just kind of start from there and go forward. And I have actually gone back and not with Aquaman yet, although I do have some stuff. I haven't actually read it yet. Um that I've used new 52 as a point to, Oh, I like this character in this setting. I might as well go back and see what some of the prior stuff was. But with, with the John's Aquaman run in particular, that I started reading just because he was doing it. I knew he was a big, I knew he was a big deal over there. And I knew if he was behind, he was like, to me, writing wise at that time, I kind of viewed him in the same way that I, at, in like 2010 2011 that i would view brian michael bendis over at marvel where like if they if if dc wanted something to be considered important he's the one they would put on it so um i went into it with really no uh prior history with the character whatsoever and really enjoyed it i like you do not really view that character as a joke um I mean, I guess in part because I never really watched Entourage. I know that was a, a or, or Family Guy. I mean, I've watched Family that's, Guy, but that's, that's the other one that did him dirty. Yeah, but like most everything on that show is treated like a joke, so I don't really. Yeah, but yeah. um, you know, but I never watched Entourage or anything, so like I don't think I have the same associations with that. And I did like the, I did like the, and I I think by the time the. You know, by the time the new 52 run ends, the Momoa movie is still a couple years away. But um, I did like the Momoa movie enough that that if I hadn't already been reading it at that point, I might have gone back after that came out and looked at some of it. Um, And I know in reality that that version of the character is pretty far away from the book um, in terms of, you know, because Arthur's not really a dude bro. Yeah, in the book or anything. I, I uh, just dropped a picture of it in the uh, comic books uh, channel. When the Momo movie came out, they repackaged. I, I think it was the Death of a King arc, as like, uh, like a tie-in to the movie. Like it's got a picture of Momoa on it, and it's, you know, yeah. Like, and I was just like, if you watch the movie and then read that one, again, like the character is just different, and two, like it drops you kind of in just the middle of like the death of the King arc. And like, it makes no sense. And the, the, the cover is just like, not that good in my opinion. And just a weird thing they did. (laughs) I kind of wonder if, you know, um, 
aspects of the the sequel that's coming is it next christmas might yeah. take from might take from some of that yeah uh, well we can get into it later but i mean jeff johns you know he was involved with the awkward movie like actually involved with it and uh he yep. does say some stuff that like he was gonna do made it into the movie allegedly yep um, and we yeah so we'll so this was one of the you know this was obviously one of the launch titles with the with the new 52 um i think i got to it probably a couple months later um when i started to hear that it was pretty good um i don't think it's one of the ones that i was reading at launch i did read a lot of that stuff when it first came out but um because i was kind of using it as a way to experiment with dc stuff since i hadn't really read that much other than the occasional batman um but yeah, this basically starts off. The first arc is called the Trench, uh, which was actually used in the Aquaman movie to a, in a very limited extent. Although those that whole idea in itself is sort of limited. Um, and at one point, they were going to do a Trench movie, which I think James Wan canceled. Yeah, no, that was canceled years ago. Like oh, okay. I think it, I think it worked as a, it was an interesting idea, but I don't know how you would do that. Um, so basically, um, starts out in Amnesty Bay. Is it in Maine? Uh, I, I remember it's in like the Boston area. That's what I thought. Okay. I that just, one. I see. I have a weird thing with like DC geography where, cause they have so many more. Or the, uh, Boston area is where Aquaman at least starts where he yep. like stops the uh, robbers, I believe. So like to me, the different, one of the big difference differences between Marvel and DC in terms of geography is that Marvel has a lot of fake countries like Latveria and Wakanda, Transia, Wondagore. DC got uh, the fake American cities. Yep. They have a, Yeah, DC has a ton of fake American cities, which I always try to figure out, like, okay, what actual city is this supposed to be? Um, you know, uh, so starts out in, in, we'll call it, yeah, MSD Bay, I think is probably supposed to be Boston or Boston-ish. Um, and these like undersea zombies start showing up and eating things. Um, so Arthur and Mira, his girlfriend, at the, I, they're not yeah, married. Well, they, yeah, they, they get they, married during the rebirth stuff, I think. Yeah, um, never been married in this continuity. Yeah, they get yeah they get married. I think during the rebirth zone there. Um, but yeah, so they they go and explore it, and there's some like and you know this kind of vaguely gets into like the multiple kingdoms in atlantis that the movie had in it where you know they were trying to get the whole thing with the movie is they're trying to, the ocean master is trying to get a certain number of the kingdoms to agree to go to war with the surface and stuff um so the trench was mentioned there but it's basically just a bunch of like they're basically like walking piranhas for all intents like they will just eat anything you put in front Super of them sharp teeth uh their teeth secretes like some venom that'll like paralyze you temporarily. Yeah. It, it, I could actually see something like that working in a horror film and it's probably been done already in some way, just not with the Aquaman tag on it. Um, so, uh, yep. They go down there, they figure out that, you know, they're, they're essentially kidnapping people and feeding on them and things. And, uh, they, Aquaman and Mira like seal it off and go back to go back to Amnesty Bay. What yeah. I'm what I'm surprised by is that they go through this much of it. You know, John's run goes through issue 25 of of this book, which I believe goes to 52 because that's what all those books did, unless they got prematurely canceled. Um, but any of any of them basically sort of like were designed to naturally end at issue 52. Um, but they don't he doesn't actually go to Atlantis, I don't think at all in the first twenty five. I think it's after that that he starts to uh, actually Well, I mean he later on he does become like the king after Right, but Atlantis. I think it's I I don't think it's until after um after the 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 dead king thing that he actually physically goes back there. He agrees to kind of lead it for a while. Oh no, he is actually by the end of it. I mean, he, he's there. not spending a lot of time there, but yeah, we you get to see him. Um, and yeah, the trench. Uh, the other thing worth mentioning is like the way they like help 
uncover the mystery of it is they go to this guy called a uh, what's his name Shin I believe yep. who's a this biologist Even... guy who he's known Aquaman when he was a kid yeah uh, his because his dad knew him and they like helped mm -hmm. him kind of like hone his powers and stuff but then he uh turned on Aquaman and tried to kill him because he was like a guy obsessed with Atlantis and stuff and you know Aquaman refused to take him there and then he's kind of like a crazy almost conspiracy conspiracy three guy that's why he's seen as because you know he's claiming atlanteans are real right um, yeah and, and that uh, that character has a pretty significant like background role through most of this yeah um, then he's uh, actually in, he's actually in the movie a little bit he's played by uh, randall park in the I, movie I, yeah i never saw the movie but yeah they go yeah. down to the trench and yeah they're feeding on people because their foods run out and aquaman kind of has like the moral dilemma of like you know do I condemn them all to death? And he ends up like doing it. Um, yeah, they he, they seal it off and they all die, or you're supposed to believe they all die. Yeah, um, and uh, it ends with uh, they they get a dog because it is said like you know it was the dog of someone who just like died was eaten by them and they end up like keeping it and calling it like Aqua yep. Dog. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they name it Salty or something, which I thought was cute. Um, yeah, and I will say I really liked the um. I really liked, I think it's an issue one, that scene where he goes into the diner and just tries to have lunch in the diner was like, I think it, it managed to be pretty funny as those things go. And then also like kind of dispel all the things that people generally, like you said, people like generally throw, it off, man. throw out when they, when they talk about how much of a joke the character is like, you know, like they explain the like, no, he doesn't actually talk to fish. He's able to stimulate their brains in a certain way to get them to do what he wants, or you know, at least at yeah. least allow him to um, influence them. You know, yeah, I'm glad it's like you know, it's it mostly that stuff ends after I would say basically like issue four or five. Yeah, it's basically Most after. Part, the and I like how. Way. Yeah, I like how. Like, what he does is good, but I like how he doesn't keep it dragging throughout the entire... Like, occasionally, yeah. in the later auction, someone will be like, Aquaman, what the hell is he doing here? But, like, it, like not everyone thinks he's a joke, which, I mean, makes right. sense. He's a member of the Justice League. You know, everyone right. knows he's not a joke. Well, um, I and I do they... like how... Probably my favorite moment is, like, at the end, he saves a kid. Um, yep. And the kid says, you like, Aquaman. He's like, what? And he's like, you're my favorite hero. And that, like, is a callback to earlier... Um, when yeah, I somebody think it was, said it was he in was... the the restaurant, right? The reporter's like, yeah. "How does it feel to be no one's favorite hero?" Yes, yes, exactly. I do. Um, yep. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the way why it works for me is because it's 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 funny without you know, and you're right, it doesn't run through the entire run, which it would get old if it did old real quick. Yeah, and then but it also manages in the in the times where it's used, it, it's it manages to be funny without descending into like parody yeah so it 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 works from that extent the other the other major thing for me with with this run is and i had no clue who this character even was before reading this uh was mira because you know to me the if the one i mean there there have probably been other runs with aquaman that have made him not a joke i mean i refuse to believe that this character has been around for this long and john's is the first guy to write him who's not like what a nah, yeah, fucking joke this character is right but i had absolutely no idea who or what this mirror character was and if there's what to me if there's one lasting thing that comes out of out of john's run it's the fact that he has elevated this character to the point where I think at one point during the rebirth era, she takes his spot on the justice league and nobody bats an eye. Like even I kind of read it and went, Oh, well, yeah, she could very easily do this. Yeah, um, Mara's, I mean, I would say in terms of like female DC characters, like always been one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Just like, she's such a good foil to Arthur um super powerful um yeah i feel like john's right it's probably the best version of her i've ever seen in terms of just like yeah make, make fully fledged like three-dimensional character yep um, and not 
and not to keep bringing the movie up, but I mean, that was one area where I was very disappointed with it because, you know, really liking that character from the book at the time that the movie's being released. And then I don't know if it's the actress or just what they were willing to do with it. I don't like Amber Heard that much beyond her ability to fill out the costume, I guess. Um, but she was awful in that freaking movie. And it just, you know, it didn't like affect my estimation of the character in the comics or anything, but I was just, that was the one I generally liked that movie. And the one thing I kept coming back to as a negative was like, she is awful. And it completely undermined this character for anything live action wise, like ever. (laughs) But yeah, it was actually the, the highlight of her in the book and John's version of the book for me was the thing in the, in the grocery store where she basically gets groped by that dude. And like, I couldn't remember. Is that, is that in the trench or is that the others? I, I couldn't I'm remember. I'm pretty sure it was, I want to say it was in, hmm. I mean, it, guess, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's yeah, like my, a side quest. I, I think it's, in, I think it's in the early issues of the, it actually happens in the early issues of the trench. Okay. And then they're just still dealing with the, like the repercussions of it in the others, like he's telling her that she should turn herself into the police and all this, all this other stuff. And she's like, uh, what? No. Um, and I think during the others, there was an issue that was just her dealing with a lot of that. Um, yeah. So it does go on for a little bit, but Yeah. yeah, that's the first arc, the trench. I mean, the final thing we haven't mentioned, um, the other reason why I like checked it out back when besides, you know, Jeff Johns was writing. I'm not sure. Uh, actually, no, you weren't on. I forgot. The we did a while ago. The our favorite writer artist duos ever in comics. Yeah. And in my top five, I put Jeff Johns and Ivan Rice. Ivan Rice. I don't know how you say his last name. I, he is. Yeah. One of the greatest comic book artists ever. Oh, is that his far. art? Yeah. Um, his art in this is amazing oh yeah the art is gorgeous yeah and i'm not Um, i'm not generally a huge art guy because like i can't generally identify people a lot of the time but his the stuff he does here is beautiful and it certainly helps yeah like that uh in the first issue that like uh where they do the dc comics proudly presents the trench part one that just shot of him standing there like full uniform with the so good um yep him and I, I believe he's john's greatest ever collaborator and he's had a lot of good ones um and yeah him uh, i believe it's joe prado and rod reese who do the inkings and coloring i mean they are just like a dream team of artists to be working with for john's i mean they yeah no the art's great art is amazing i always feel yeah. bad because you know later he does lead the book eventually after like issue 16 or se- after throne of atlantis and I believe it's like Paul Pelletier who replaces him. Good, very good artist, but like he ain't no Ivan Reese. Not on the same level, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, which leads to the others, uh, which is the next. I believe that goes like seven it's through like seven 10. to fourteen or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, it is a little bit longer. It is like seven to fourteen. Yeah, because the trench. Um, I mean, we didn't mention it. It's only, it's only, it's very short. Trench is like the first six, and then. Yeah. Uh, the others thing goes from like seven to 13 or seven to 14. Um, and then, yeah. So the others is like, and I feel like this would have made, you know, having no prior, I don't, I don't know. Like you said, I I, I get the sense you haven't read a ton of Aquaman before this either, but, um, as somebody who had like almost zero DC knowledge before reading all the new 52 stuff, like, I get what they were trying to do with this others thing, but I think it was poorly placed in the sense of like, you're trying to establish this new version of the character and you're trying to do that across the line at that time. And then you're already trying to go like, what about his back history before he was with the justice league? He was with these other people. And it's like, yeah, but I bar- but I barely know who this version of the character is by now. Why do I care about this so early? Um, Welcome to reason a hundred why I despise the new fifty two. <laughs> yeah, um, I did. I mean, I get what they were trying to do with it. They were trying to establish that he, you know, the Justice League were not the first team that he ever worked with. Yeah, no, um, I I agree with you, Jeff Johns. Like 
he needed to write better, like explaining their backstory. Because, yeah. like, as far as I know, these characters are like new. Well, aside from Black Manta, obviously, like yeah, new for yeah. This as far as team. I know, they're all they're all um, created for this era of the comic. They don't exist prior yeah, to like, this. Even like as it going on, I, like I'm trying, like okay, fuck who. This person, what's their name again? What what are their powers? Well, I just didn't like any of them either. Like, I think that okay. So we'll break it down real quick. And if there's anybody, I liked one. Um, so they basically established that prior to his membership in the Justice League, where he just in in the first arc of the the Justice League book, which I think was also written by Johns for yes. quite a while, yeah, he um, wrote, like almost all of it. I think pretty much Actually, almost all of, the, all of it. Now that I think, about I think it. he wrote all of the new 52 period. Like, and he had a him. couple issues here and there. Yeah. And then it was Snyder after um, Snyder did the rebirth stuff, at least at the beginning. Um, and uh, so basically during the first arc of justice league uh, in the new 52 period, um, the league comes together dealing with, an attack on Earth by Darkseid, and Aquaman just kind of pops up because he's like, what the hell are you doing up here? Um, so then they try to, in the Aquaman book around issue seven, they try to say that he had, you know, the Justice League was not the first team he had been a member of, and that he worked prior with um, this group called The Others, who were each empowered with you know, I think either he provided them with these or they each had like some sort of like Atlantean artifact that gave them powers of some sort. Um, and he did, I guess the whole thing was that like, he didn't really, he cut off communication with them at one point and they're all kind of pissy with him about, about it, I guess. And then one of them gets killed by Black Manta because he's trying to collect all these artifacts that they have. And I guess my whole thing with it is I just feel like it was the whole idea of it is not, I don't object to the actual idea. I think the problem is that the way, the way John structured it is kind of stupid. Yeah. I think this is by far like the least, uh, the worst written arc of it. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, this was, this was the part and I don't even, I I don't even really remember enjoying this as I was reading it month to month, but like even trying to get through this six or seven issues of it, for the reread that I did for this was like, oh, this this is the part I really had to drag myself through. Kind of like going off what you said, he needed to like better, I don't know, just explain who these people are, I feel like. Um, yeah. Because each I, issue you're like jumping to a new person after like barely getting to know the person from yep. the previous issue. Because the thing so is, you should... know, Black Manta is hunting like the basic premise of the story. So the others, it was Aquaman's team and they were like going around like finding Atlantean like artifacts, right? Right. And uh, they encountered uh, this guy named Black Manta in the past, like also yeah. trying to get them, right? And, you know, they fought. And the thing is, Black Manta hates Aquaman. He's one of my favorite kinds of villains. He's a hater. Uh, he hates him because uh, Aquaman tried to attack him, like, while he was on a boat, and he killed his dad. Yeah. Right? And so he just despises him. So he's going around killing the others. Uh, in the opening issue, he kills one. I believe by the end, he kills like two or three. Yeah, he kills um, the fear one at the beginning. The one with the like ability to see into the future and stuff. Yes. Um, and then I don't know that the rest of them, any of the rest of them die because then they get the bright idea to spin it off. Yeah, he kills um, the one that uh, like is afraid of human touch and is Russian. That's like kind oh, of the Vostok. big... Yeah. But like, they set up that thing where he can clone himself and come back from the dead or whatever, because uh, he does. Yeah, um, yeah and the basic the stories. Whole... Yeah, it's basically uh, they try to, you know, Black Manta's trying to collect all the artifacts that these people have, and it just ends up being this big knockdown drag out at the end. Like you said, this is where, where we find out that Aquaman did actually kill Black Manta's father, and that is why why he hates him so much. Um, I think my problem with the others as a rule is that they don't, you know, they're all just kind of pissy the whole time because there's supposed to be this, this previously established thing between them and Arthur where they don't really want to deal with him because he basically let them, let them all hang. Uh, 
But like you said, none of them are developed enough for anybody to give a shit. Like some of them as an idea were kind of interesting. Like I liked the prisoner, like the one who had the, the chains on him that his whole thing was that he, he was a former soldier and he was like haunted by the channel, the dead, I guess. Uh, Honestly, it's never really explained what he was like. He was like haunted by the ghosts of all the fellow soldiers who had died around him. So like, when he had those chains on, he could like communicate with ghosts and shit. And then there was a whole, there's a whole thing after the arc is over where he decides like, okay, I'm going to go find the families of all these people that, that I had the misfortune of dying around and like communicate with them about their family's last wishes and crap. And like, he's the one that's interesting to me, but like Vostok was like this Russian cosmonaut type thing who, Apparently, the Russian government like raised to not want to be anywhere near other people because somehow that helps a, a. That didn't make any sense to me because I remember thinking like, how does that help a, a person who's essentially an astronaut when like you have to be in a disgusting level of communication with the people that are running your mission for you? So like, why why does his being prepared to be in isolation actually help that? Yeah. Um uh, and then you had the operative who's like the fucking winter soldier knockoff, except he's old. Like yeah. okay. And then there's uh the one I forget what the like jungle chick's name was, but she was basically like a a knockoff of uh Kazar's wife from Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Donna the She Devil. And I was just like, all right. And there's like the completely obvious and sort of like really dumb like rivalry between her and Mira because I guess she at some point had a thing for Arthur. And it's like, okay, that's like the most the most obvious and lame cliche thing you could thing do. you could have that have them do. Like, yeah. you know. And Mira's also mad because he never told her any of this. Yeah. Yep. And it was just like, all right, I don't really like I think that was my biggest thing. Like it went on the whole story with them went on for way too long and it's all just based in like you're trying to you're trying to show this character is not what popular culture believed it to be before the Momoa movie hits. And like to me this is you could put the the trench arc in front of somebody and go, here, read this, this will show why this character isn't this. But then you then like take a couple steps backwards with this one, and it's like, oh my god, just make these characters go away. I don't I care. Think this would like this is the second arc. This would be more of like a fifth or sixth arc. Yeah, I, I think this is something you should do later down the line. If Johns um, had gotten to like fifty, this would have been a decent because you know you could have had like the hell. If Johns had done the whole first fifty-two, that would have been. That would have been, this would have been a decent way to close it because you would have had some big final battle with Manta and whatever. I mean, this would have been a good way to close the whole thing, not yeah, like I mean, essentially, second. the whole reason why this arc happens is because not only is Black Manta like killing them because he hates Aquaman, but because they each have like some old Atlantean object. And by like, you know, it's the classic, oh, if I combine these, I can find the big treasure, right? Yeah, he needs, and he, he needs he can, to find the, uh, I think it's like the Dead King Scepter, which is, it, you know, which some mumbo jumbo powerful Atlantean thing. And yep. Aquaman's wondering, you know, he, we see Black Manta gives it to some random Atlanteans, and Aquaman's like, what's that about? And it's all essentially yep. just a big setup for next arc. For what ends up being the final arc things. of the book, yeah. Uh, or or John's run yeah, on keeps yeah, going past that end. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, and then and then there's a whole thing too where they basically spun off the others into a separate book. Yeah, was, John's writes the first arc, and then it's written by uh, Dan Jurgens, I believe. Yeah. I um, did not. I, I, mean, I don't even think I've read it. Like, I, I read looking. it. I read it because at the time I was like, maybe, maybe if you put these people in another story, it'll work better. And it was more of the same. And, I, and well, Aquaman's in it less. I mean, they call the book Aquaman and the others, but from what I remember, he doesn't actually show up in it all that much. And it's more about them, and that's fine. But like, 
let me put it this way. When we were talking about doing this, doing this run for, for the pod, you asked, are you going to read that as part of this? And I said, fuck no, I'm not reading that again. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, I think DC probably wanted them to be a bigger deal than they actually were. Uh, probably just because it would have been some new thing you could say spun out of this and was actually successful, but not so much. Uh, which this leads directly into the Throne of Atlantis crossover with the Justice League, which is basically just Orm the Ocean Master, Aquaman's half brother. Is he his half brother in this book? I know uh, in the yeah, half brother. Yeah. Okay. So he basically. Uh, raises the Atlantean army and tries to attack Boston. Um, yes. After a U.S. Uh, ship drops depth charges on Atlantis. Oh, right. Yep. That's and like we, the inciting thing for him to, and it's yep. like uh, this slow buildup where like, you know, there's some weird shit going on in the ocean. And then, you know, I believe Aquaman, he's with Batman when he finally realizes what's going on. He's like, the, their plans to like you know sink the try to sink the big cities and whichever one's damaged the most that's where they invade. Batman's like, how do you know that? He's like, because it's my plan. Because I came from up when, with it. Yeah, because yeah. he from when he was the king of Atlantis briefly. Yep. And which of course makes the league not trust him. Blah blah blah. The they same. try to. They all try to confront confront Orm, and then it's not that Aquaman turns on them. But he's like, look, guys, like Atlantean culture, it's very like, you know, warrior honor based, like, like we can't like embarrass him. He's got like submit before me, basically. But they're like, no, just arrest him. And that leads him to like, no, no. If you attack him, like the entire Atlantean army will start attacking Earth. Um, but they yeah. don't listen. And then, yeah, they start all fighting the um, the League versus Atlantis. Uh Orm eventually he basically beats them essentially, right. captures a bunch of them. Um, and during this time, this is where you first meet the again part of why I don't like the New Fifty Two. The JLA is first formed during this. Uh, me and a bunch of like other league members, they're just like, "Hey, we need help." Oh yeah, the 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 like recruitment call. Yeah, yeah. You Which, see, uh, some people like fire the form. The only one I re- and I did Black not Canary, uh, yeah. Green Arrow. I, um, I did not actually read this again because I consider this more of a Justice League thing. So I didn't, and I'm actually in the process of rereading all that stuff too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the Aquaman issues are like, uh, like John's. You know, he's writing both books. He clearly gave the best stuff to the Justice League issues. Um, yeah, the basically just the side stuff happens in Aquaman. Um, yep. Yeah, they're. Aquaman eventually frees everyone that's captured, and you find out, you know, he goes to this guy called Volko for help, who's an Atlantean who yeah. was, um, he was like the royal advisor type, yeah, to Arthur, and he was kicked out when Arthur was basically. And you find out the big reveal is that he did it. Yeah, he uh, set it all up. Yeah, because he wanted Arthur to somehow assume the throne and like take his rightful place as king. Yep. And everyone's suspecting that it was like Dr. Shin or someone like that, but it really wasn't. He had nothing to do with it. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I remember that being a good story, and they did actually do... One of the animated movies was essentially taken from this. Yeah, uh, they did do a Throne of Atlantis movie. I don't know if I've seen it, honestly. Um, I don't think in the... That was the, that was the time at which they were trying to, like, connect all those movies rather than because a lot of them were, were one-offs prior to that well that and was they, during like the new 52 uh continuity movies i believe yeah yeah they did this whole stretch where they were basically trying to do that and uh connect all the movies and i think that was how uh that and not the and not the dark side thing in those movies was how arthur got into the league um yeah it's I think, interesting. yeah I think in the first in the first movie of that whole thing, it was Shazam that was in the league instead of him. I think, but it's been a while since I actually saw that. Um, so yeah, this has some 
this has some interesting after effects. Like there is, uh, you know, Orm gets stuck in the Suicide Squad prison, um, and there are some uh, factions of the Atlantean military who try to actually get him out of that. Um, well, yeah, it's uh, oh, Star of Atlantis is probably my favorite arc. I think it's just yeah. a, it's a solid comic book crossover. Ivan Rice. He draws mostly the Justice League issues, and yeah, he is one of the best ever for like being able to match like, like he is the kind of guy you want in Justice League because he can handle like multiple double page spreads with like twenty characters on them all fighting. Yep. Um, oh no, that stuff was beautiful, just godly. Um, yep. I love the scene how he draws it where Aquaman finally takes the. Uh, becomes king from Orm as like I'm your king. Stand down. Such a great panel. Yep. Um. And I did like the scene where yeah, Orm he surrenders and then Aquaman he orders all the Atlanteans away. But then he throws his brother in prison and he's like, "What?" But I yielded. Like, how can you do this to me? And he's like, "You know, you're not the leader anymore. You don't have diplomatic immunity." And uh, it's like a really sad scene later, like Orm in prison. Just like I, I need water again. Like yep. I don't belong here. Yeah, he he actually, I think, um, and this must have been. They also did around this time. The, a couple months after this, they also did a bunch of during the New Fifty Two. Every series did these Villains Month uh, things. Stupid for every evil thing. Where yeah. like they would focus on a couple of villains, and I think yeah. during that, there's something where Orm gets out of Bell Rev. Because when they try to, when the couple of members of the Atlantean military go looking for him, he's not in the prison. He's like shacking up with some human chick. Um, which, so I don't think they ever actually find him. They go to Bell Rev and he ain't there. And I think he was, I remember reading well, something. It is, I was reading it. It is not explained if they broke him out. And he just yeah. goes in time, or if he was already broken out himself, like it is See, I, straight up not explained. I think it was. In, I bet I would bet it was in the villains month stuff, and I didn't read yeah. any of that. That that those that was just a month I didn't bother with any any of the DC stuff at the time because I was just like, none of this stuff is going to mean anything, and it's just a way for them to charge more money for people. Because some of the some of the titles got like three or four of them in a month, and it wasn't well, just yeah, like that was that was during uh, Forever Evil. Yeah, they were they were trying to uh, they were trying to fill out issues for Forever Evil. Yeah, come on. Well, it's because the new Fifty Two. I mean, they tried to do the whole the universe is happening in real time type thing, and that is like one of the most like stupid things to ever try. Like having every book be exact same timeline wise. Like if there's a like uh, for example, Throne of Atlantis Flash is not in it for a single panel. Right. And they mentioned like, oh, the Flash was out fighting gorillas. If you're reading the Flash at that time, uh he had been transported to some dimension by like Gorilla Grodd and is fighting him there. That's why he's not in it like at all, which I just find I, I personally think that's a stupid thing to do. And I'm so glad that, that was like one of those they abandoned it after like two or three years. Yeah. Um, I mean maybe not as tight as tightly, but they still had there were still some things but yeah, they really you're right. They really tried to make that like super tight continuity in that sense for a while. And it doesn't it doesn't serve it a lot of the time. Um so yeah, I think you're right about that. And then that brings us to uh what is essentially the last arc of this, which is that uh dead king thing. Or was it Death of the King was the actual story? Um Yeah, Death, so, death of the King. Yep. So you they find this guy who was it Atlan who claims to be the the rightful king of Atlantis and uh he presents a history where um Arthur's the people that Arthur is descended from actually like rebelled against him against Atlan when he was king and essentially took they were basically run led by Atlan's brother Orin who uh, is uh, the person that Arthur is descended from. Um, and there's just this whole thing where, like, he had, like, ice powers, weirdly. Like, you know, he, he basically, a lot of the time, it was kind of drawn like he was a giant snowman, almost. Uh, 
Although I'm not doing it just yeah, real. It's, it starts with Aquaman. He's like you see, he's like leading Atlanteans. Like the the first issue of this arc is them stopping like some illegal whaler, and their whole thing is they're trying to hunt down. And these whalers use like Atlantean guns on them. And the thing is, after like you know the War of Atlantis, there's just a lot of scavengers just found a bunch of you know Atlantean guns, and they're like you know hot items on the black market since you know, obviously they're very powerful. Right. And uh, his whole thing is he's trying to like get those off the street or yeah off the the waters basically. Right. He um, he wants to shut down any weapons market there might be after the yeah. salvage from the throne yeah, of Atlantis. You've got that going on also. He's trying to watch out for Tula, who is Orm's sister. Who she's not a bad guy. She's like, uh, like he trusts her, and she's just worried about her brother. That like, you know, are they gonna execute him for you know leading the war? Yep. And uh, he's also trying to decide what to do with Volku, who's just uh, rotting in prison right now. Yep. And then Mara's back at Amnesty Bay because she's not Atlantean. I guess we haven't specified that. Like, she's from she's from Zebel. Zebel, who's like another underwater kingdom and originally mm-hmm. you know she was sent to kill aquaman by her father and then you know she ended up it was basically like all you know typical like they lied oh atlanteans are monsters that'll kill us all yeah so and, and uh, you he know, learned she, that they're not yeah didn't kill him falls in love with aquaman blah 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 yeah. that, i was also that's confused. their backstory i was also confused because i guess at the time when i first read this and i was at, probably by this point I think Throne of Atlantis is the thing that made me go back and read all the new 52 issues up to that point, and then I just stuck with it afterwards. Um, and so at this point, you know, they they introduce you to Nereus, who was uh, her, I is guess... That the guy she, was supposed to be the husband, right? Yeah, yeah. But where I was con- where I was confused this time around, I guess it didn't really register with me then because to me it was just another character that they brought in in the and again not to keep bringing up the movie but this was one moment where i had a a cognitive thing for a minute because in the movie nereus is played by dolph lundgren and nereus is her father and i was just like what huh he's what now sorry (laughs) um so when i read it again this time i was like wait isn't he supposed to be her dad like what the hell <laughs> yeah so as it's going uh you're introduced to this character called the scavenger and he's yeah. basically this guy who i mean kind of a generic like i want to take over atlantis kind of villain um now did they ever establish that he was like working with shin or anything because by itself it seemed kind of lame he was just like a guy in a submarine that went around picking picking shit up off the ocean floor. Like, okay, uh, not terribly threatening, really. I mean, uh, he's like a like stereotype villain of his goal is he wants to be the king of Atlantis. Like, that's literally his goal. Uh, you see, he's like trying to buy a lot of Atlantean weapons, and while he's doing that, meanwhile, the dead king guy he appears, he fights Mera, and he escapes to was it Zebel? That's yeah. when she goes and you first meet a Nereus, right? Yep. Um, and then from there, I'm trying to remember the order of events. I believe it's uh then okay, I forgot this. The they like stop the book just straight up to do like this mini I didn't even reread it, this mini arc of the others written by John Ostrander. Um like John yeah. doesn't even write issues twenty and twenty one. I, I was reading it at first and I was just like, What? Like this oh, that's very... why this thing is so long because they broke into it in the middle. That's yeah, right. Actually, I, I'm looking. It's actually one issue he wrote, but yeah, they just like randomly do that. <laughs> but anyways, back to the main story. Yeah, mirrors. Well, at they, Zebel, don't don't and, they uh, establish something where like the dead king beats the crap out of Arthur and Volko drags him out of the situation, but then they go to hide from the guy and he's in a desert for like six months. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. He yeah. Aquaman fights the Dead King is like app just gets the absolute shit beat out of him, um, and I believe, yeah, him and Volko Volko somehow uh, saves him. I can't remember how he does, but But Aquaman is unconscious for six months. Yeah, the logic at that point is I have to go take you somewhere where he's not going to find you, so he takes him out in the middle of the desert somewhere, and. He just, I think, like the fight happens, and then 
you just kind of he just kind of wakes up. You have no idea in the book how much time has passed. You just see him in like a tent somewhere with Volko, and he goes, "Yeah, I just had to get you out of there, and we had to go somewhere where where he couldn't locate us." And then he uh, Arthur walks out of the tent. You see a bunch of desert and shit, and then uh, Arthur just says, "How long have we been here?" Or whatever. Like I just woke up. How long have we been here? Can't have been more than a couple days or whatever. And Volko yeah. just goes, "No, and, we've been here for six months." He's he's like knocked out primarily because he tried to use what's it called topo? Is that his name? Oh, the giant whale thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it burned out his like telepathy and stuff. Um. Yeah, and so, so yeah, and then yeah, he basically at this point, uh, scavengers on the throne, uh, dead king. Dead King just wants to destroy Atlantis. That's basically his thing because, and he reveals during his fight with Aquaman, like, you're not my descendant. You're my brothers who killed me and my right. family. Yeah, um, which we, like, I forgot tech- that that comes up later. Technical, yeah, it's like a big reveal. The, what should be royal bloodline is, mm-hmm. has been dead for um, hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, my brother was the king of Atlantis. Um, and the reason why Atlantis sank originally is because Atlan, who's the dead king, used his scepter to sink the entire city. Yep. And uh, one other thing you see is during, when Atlantis attacked Tula and uh, this guy named Merc, who's like, he's basically like the I'm the Patriot Atlantean, you know, Orm's the real king kind of guy. Yep, he was then, kind of the ringleader of all that. Yeah, they, they're not like disloyal in the sense of like they're helping the scavenger or anything because once they find out Atlantis is being attacked, they like rush back to help, but they're right. trying to break out Orm. And this is like where we said earlier, we're, we're never really sure if they actually broke him out or not, or if he was already broken out no. himself. Like I'm, con- I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I think that occurs during the Villains Month shit. Because I think one of those issues was Ocean Master. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens during that. Because he's literally, if I remember correctly, unless there's like a big section of it that I either blanked out on or didn't read like they're they go looking for him and I don't think they find him but then the book cuts to him and he's just shacked up with some some human lady yeah (laughs) yeah um yep so then of course Arthur beats the dead king because then what else would you do with the book if he doesn't um and then uh before we get it and obviously then it gets handed off to Jeff Parker which I think we mentioned before um, one thing I did want to bring up is there's a lot of stuff, I think, after Throne of Atlantis, teasing another uh, Aquaman Justice League event well, thing yeah, called yeah. Um, Rise of Rise the Seven, of the Seven Seas, Seas, which never happens, because I think it, he it, leaves the book. Jeff Johns forgot about it. Like, just okay. Because, well, I, well, I think we should... Not, we need to talk about Rise of the Seven Seas, but like to just to quickly wrap up with what happened with the final two issues. Yeah, Arthur he comes back. Him and Mira work together to like you know beat the Dead King. Um, I guess the kind of final uh, drama of it is like Arthur is like determined to like be the Atlantean King, but Mira doesn't want to go there because you know they don't like her yeah, because she's she not Atlantean like them either. To be frank, yeah. Um, and uh, oh, and when they beat the Dead King, they help. They use the trench guys to help them. Um, oh right, yep. Can you be able to like, uh, uh, like kind of telepathy wise talk to them? And you know, at first Mira just like straight up leaves Arthur. She's like, "I'm not living in Atlantis." Yep. But so then, she goes uh, and lives in the White House. Decides to you know, like, changes her mind and is, sits next to him as her queen. And that's basically how the book ends. Yep. Atlantis run ends. Yep. Um, Which, uh, yeah, I think so it's then, a great ending in terms of, like just ending with them two like taking their places as king and queen. Yeah, I did. I did like it. I mean, and it's a clean ending. Like if if the John stuff is all you really want to read, then you know you could stop but, right there, and it's the perfectly yes, you fine. You mentioned Rise of the Seven Seas. Like the final yeah. thing we see is that Nereus finds Orm and tells him because this is what happened. You find out in the past there were seven kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Atlan, Atlan had a what's his face? Nereus searching for them. But Nereus told him they're all dead. The only ones left are Zebel, Atlantis, and the Trench. Yep. That's what he tells him. 
But then when he goes to Orm, he's like, hey, let's work together. I lied to Atlan. They're, the other four, they're still around, and I know where they are. Now, mm. let me ask you, John. Have you read any of John's other long-running series, like The Flash, Green, Green Lantern, or any of those? Uh, I have read... I have read, I'm pretty sure I've read his Green Lantern, uh, even prior, after, because I did, Green Lantern is one of the things I started with in New 52, and I'm pretty sure I went back, and I'm actually rereading it right now, because because His his Green Lantern from the New 52 is basically like, just picks up, because he was writing it right before, it's like... Yeah, it picks up right from where his pre-New 52 run left off, and I am actually in the process of rereading his uh his green lantern because it's about to that's also that's another book that's had a couple months off yeah. and they're about to start another one during the dawn of Z- yeah, dc I, stuff so i'm going back reading everything i've got on that yeah i mentioned that because jeff johns he first started this with i believe either aquaman or flash i can't remember which one came first of his runs but it's a shame we never got Rise of the Seven Seas because Jeff Johns, he always does this. This is like his thing. Yeah. He's very good at breaking characters down, kind of building new continuities for them. And in all those continuities, the number seven is like always part of it. Like, yep. I know with his Shazam run, he uh, went to, you know, there's seven members of the Shazam family and he added lore to that. With Green Lantern, it was the seven color spectrum. With oh, Flash, he the one that, was he the one that came up with that stuff? Yeah, that, that okay. did not exist before him. It was just, you know, green and yellow. Yep. Um, and some, some, of those like, some of those I like, some of those I don't. Yeah. He's, oh, he, the guy freaking loves the number seven. And mm-hmm. he was definitely going to do something where it's like, because there was not, I mean, there was uh, Zebel in the past, but it was just those two. There wasn't like, you know, the trench didn't exist. Uh, whatever these four other kingdoms would have been, I'm assuming didn't exist. Um, there were there were now there were seven kingdoms in the movie. I don't remember what all of them were, but it, those might have been the ideas he had. Jeff has said like his, some of his ideas got into the Aquaman movie. Yeah. Now that. the other thing I I wonder about, and I'm gonna read this at some point in the near future as I'm going through Aquaman and Justice League at the same time, kind of right now, is they also had, and I don't think Johns obviously wasn't writing either of these at this point, but during the Rebirth period, they did another Justice League Aquaman kind of event thing called Drown Earth. That I'm wondering how much, how many of the ideas from Rise of the Seven Seas they just kind of took and turned into this. Um, yeah, because I feel like Jeff Johns would, he probably wouldn't let other people do it. He'd want to do it himself. But I, I yeah. at this point, I don't think he'll ever do it. The comic, at least. Well, he's not really, he's not really writing comics anymore, is he? He's, uh, he's largely... been doing some indie stuff, and I, he occasionally does DC still. Yeah, I just thought he was more working for their TV and movie department. Well, uh, I think he's kind of been fired well, from that, honestly. Not so much now, I guess, with the with Gun in charge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but, uh, I, yeah, I, shame we never got Rise of the Seven Seas because I would have been so curious to see what that was going to be. Because yeah. you know he was going to introduce there going to be seven kingdoms from now on. Um, each one, I'm assuming, you know, unique in some way. And they probably each would have had some sort of champion or something that. Yeah, they would. You know. There would have been some crazy shared history in the past that tied them all together. Um, you know, Jeff Johns. You know, he does. He definitely has this formula that he does quite well. Yeah, um, no, I I really enjoyed this run. Um, as somebody that has no, you know, had no prior thought about Aquaman before reading this, I've since read every. I mean, not you know, just the regular series. Maybe not so much like there's a mini thing or whatever, or like an out, after out of continuity thing. But I've read everything regular series wise that came after him. I uh, I've read the Dan Abnett run or yeah. a decent chunk. I. I I I like that for the most part. Dan yeah. Abnett's it's a good writer, I think. It's basically been, I mean, they had the, you know, the new 52 got to the whole, got to number 52 before they pulled the plug. And then he immediately got a rebirth book that I think made it about 45-ish 
maybe another 50. I'm not sure exactly where that ends. And then they recently did a, uh, and that they had this whole other like death of the justice league thing that was going on as a lead into that dark crisis thing, which was really stupid. Um, where it was basically him and, uh, Jackson Hyde, the, the black Manta's son, who's basically Aqualad 2.0. Um, so there is no Aquaman book right now. I feel like with this Dawn of DC thing that's actually started this week, I think Dark Crisis 7 came out yesterday or today or Tuesday or whichever day of the week they release on now. Um, so I would bet there will be a new Aquaman book announced within a couple of months. Um, whether it'll be the sidekick kid because he looks a little more like Momoa and maybe they'll want to tie into that with the the new movie coming out at the end of next year. Maybe they'll want to tie into that somewhat. Um, I just thought the whole, and I know you're not reading current stuff probably, but they did this whole death of the justice league thing where they appeared to kill all the just league members off, but they never actually did anything in most of the books that actually reflected that at all. Like the Superman books just kept going as they were. The Batman books just kept going as they were. It's like, why would you do this if it then does nothing? Like, okay. <laughs> you know, so that was something that I was like, that's kind of stupid. But this by itself, I almost wish Johns had done more of this than he does. Um, yeah. Um... Like, I could have I done with a little less, and having read his entire, like, I read his entire New 52 Justice League run, and I could have done. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I wish he had dropped Justice League because, for the most part, I really don't like his Justice League New Fifty Two run. Yeah, it's okay, but I mean, it's not so much that like a lot of the New Fifty Two versions of the characters I just really, really don't like compared to how they historically are, Um, like Superman especially, and. Yeah, his his new fifty two just like I, I just I hate the lore that it sets up for like how the team's only been around so long and stuff like that. It's got a few good good arcs, no doubt. Like throwing up yeah, there's is definitely one. There's yeah. some, um, but yeah, for the most part, it's not it's not great. And then like I would have much rather have seen Johns continue this Aquaman thing than do half of what he does in, in the Justice League, and even some of the even some of the his Green Lantern stuff, which maybe we'll. D- maybe we'll do that someday. Maybe we'll do the new 52 part of that someday. But like, even I read his new 52 stuff with that. And like, it's just a bunch of like, I mean, some of it's good. Cause he is, I don't want to like crap on him too much. He's a very good comic writer when he writes. Um, but like so much of that, his new 52 stuff is like a couple of issues. And it goes into some, Green Lantern line-wide crossover thing that involved all the different cores and all whatever. And like they did that like three times, and it's like, yeah. okay, I only needed the one, thanks. His and, Green Lantern stuff I typically love, especially I don't know if you've ever read Blackest Night. That's why like yeah, the best I did. Ever. I did. I think um, I read that with a lot without a lot of the without any a lot of knowledge of the lead up to it. So like. Uh, I, I think if this I'm reading, like I said, I'm rereading his Green Lantern stuff right now. And now I've actually read that a lot of the stuff around it. So I think it'll be it'll be a better read this time around, given that I've actually read some of the stuff around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this was a fun one to look at. And maybe we should, you know, we haven't other than the stuff you and Josh have been doing with the anime stuff. We haven't done in a lot of these comic shows in a while. Yeah, um, I mean, the promise. From now on, whenever I like start just either reading or reviewing a series, I'll just drop it in the channel and see like, hey, would anyone be interested? I'm rereading yeah. this. Well, because I think I'm the only one who's really reading current shit. The current stuff, from, yeah. From the two big publishers, at least. Um, so it's hard to, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, pull. if you tell me like, hey, this this run or this thing is so good, you gotta read. It. I mean, I'll definitely check it out. You know, I trust your yeah on this yeah. stuff. Um, I um, think Josh and I did the lead up to the 90s Spider-Man clone saga, and it's just taken me so long to get through the rest of it that we haven't gone back to that yet. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and you guys did a bunch of the manga stuff, which is great, and that's probably something that doesn't get a ton of, you know, 
I kind of like the fact that we've been able to do, you know, stuff that you might not necessarily think would get covered in this kind of format. Um, and I believe if uh, this, if we release this when I'm planning on it, you and I will have the distinction of doing the first show of year three. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, this was good. Yeah. We um, I would like to mention, um, you know, if people, if you like this one, you know, what, what other Aquaman stuff should I read? Uh, I do think Dan Abnett's run, which comes after this and is same continuity. Is yeah. I mean, he's not as good a writer as Jeff Johns, but he's he's a solid writer for the most part. Yep. I mean, I have. I like that. But um, I like his um his Guardians of the Galaxy run with Andy Lanning. Oh yeah, that's, cool. I mean that's basically what they based the movie off yep. of. Pretty spins much. out of all the spins out of all the Annihilation stuff, and you're right. That is where most of the stuff for the movie comes from. Yeah. I I I don't know if you watch trailers or not. Like I know Milos and Boris don't. But the trailer for Guardians Three, they actually had the Abnett landing outfits on, and I was just I, like, "I did see that. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that trailer. <laughs> yep. they look, they look I cool. I saw that, and and I uh, Corey and I watched it on YouTube one night, and I saw the the Abnett landing outfits. I was like, "Yes!" And she goes, "Why is that a big deal?" I said, "Because it means they're following the comic book, kind of." <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yep. Maybe but- we'll. Maybe before uh, Guardians three, we'll do some part of that. Um, yeah, I I honestly don't think I've re- I think I've read like maybe the first trade, but that's it. Yeah, I think it's only like twenty five issues, maybe kind of like the same length as this this was. Because um, I think that one stops at twenty five because it's the only problem with it is it's it's largely bogged down in all the cosmic events and crap because it spins out of. Uh, Annihilation Conquest, and then every couple of months it's in, you know, because there were like three or four events back to back in that whole cosmic thing, and uh, it it goes right from coming out of Annihilation Conquest, and like six months later it goes into that War of Kings thing, and then six months later it goes into the Thanos Imperative. So I mean, it's a good read, but it's like it is one of those Marvel things that gets bogged down by uh, constant event stuff but maybe there's part of it we can decide is worth doing because it does inspire the movie so much um Um, or i know justin wants to do and we just haven't done it yet this is an image thing are you reading radiant black at all or is or he and i the only ones who are reading i I haven't heard of that one okay yeah that's an interesting little superhero book Um, uh kyle higgins oh i do like higgins Um, yeah yeah, no, uh, yeah. See if the see if there's trades for it, and uh, it's up to like twenty now. Um, so yeah, it's it's really like he recommended it to me, and you know he doesn't read a lot of the regular big two stuff either. And we both, stuff. yeah, and we both like Higgins because of um, I'm I like uh, Higgins because of Nightwing. But Same. Uh, that, that's my favorite thing from him. And then I know Justin yeah. loves the uh, Power Rangers stuff. Yeah, I know Higgins was writing the Power Rangers at one point. I think he started off the current stuff, which I actually read a couple trades of it on his recommendation. It wasn't, you know, and I have no attachment to that stuff. Certainly not on the level that he does, but uh, I did appreciate the first trade or two that I looked at. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we could also do, I was going to, my other recommendation, you know, if people like Aquaman, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Jeff Johns made Aquaman cool for a lot of people. I mean, yes, but the original person who made Aquaman cool was Peter David back in the 90s. I had the first, I had the first two trades of that run. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, Make sure you start with Time and Tide because that's like a mini-series okay. that he does, and that is like the start of it. Really, there's two I'll things you have to read before his first issue. Time and Tide, which is basically just... It's basically issues one, two, three, and four of his the start of his run. I don't know why he decided to start with a miniseries. But then one of my favorite comics ever, The Atlantis Chronicles, is it's basically a full telling of the original history of Atlantis from okay. the start up until Aquaman's birth. It is seriously my favorite, by far my favorite Aquaman. I mean, I guess 
Aquaman's not in it. You know, it goes from the start of Atlantis up until his birth, but Aquaman, it's like how Gotham Central, I would say, is my favorite Batman comic. Oh, this I is love like Gotham Central. The best ever love written it. thing related to Aquaman, in my opinion. The the lore that Peter David creates in these seven issues is just incredible. Yeah. Is, are they speaking of Gotham Central, are they still doing that Gotham police show for HBO Max? I doubt it. Ugh. Such a bummer. Yeah, that but um, been so awesome. But yeah, Peter Davis Aquaman, he has got, you know, this is the first time he ever gets, you know, he ditches his old look, goes with like the the long hair, he's got a trident for a hand basically. Yeah, was that the harpoon um, hand thing? Yeah. I mean it's very it's very nineties, but it's 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 amazing for the most part. Yeah. Um and I, I read like the first issue of the 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 trade i don't think time and tide is in there i might have to go look for it separately um, i'll be curious like if we review that to compare it because you know it's very it's very different like for example like aquaman in post-crisis continuity he's not half human he's just he's he's just not yeah. human at all and i was confused because and i gotta go back and read the whole two however many it is uh he runs into the Flash in the first issue, and he has no clue who the Flash even is. Well, well that, like, that, that, is that is part of Time and Tide, right? I'm almost positive it is. I don't know. I'd have to go... Time and Tide might actually be at the beginning of the trade. I gotta look at the contents of it again. Yeah. Um, I'm almost positive that that's part... They probably now, like, just package it in with it, I would yeah. imagine. Since so it's I will, so, like, I'll look at that. I'll look at that run, and maybe we could do, like, a second pod to this, you know, with that. Um, because that series, I mean, Peter David, I mean, he's one of the best ever. That's such a great series. Yeah, awesome. That'll give us some, yeah, and I'll try to figure out, I'm re- also reading through Guardian stuff again right now, and I'll try to figure out what, if we want to approach some part of the Abnet Landing run, how to do that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thank you for joining me, man, and this was really fun. I still think we don't cover comics enough, but it's also hard because we all read different shit. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, uh, so we will get this posted probably shortly after the new year. Um, as I as we record this, we're going to be tomorrow. We're going to be. And by this time, by the time this comes out, you will have heard this already. Uh, you suggested that for New Year, for we're going to release on New Year's uh, just a show with no necessary topic. Just as kind of BSing. Yeah, uh, with, a final I'm fun actually, hangout session for the end of the year. Yeah, which I'm actually really kind of looking forward to doing. I mean, a lot of oh yeah, I'm excited. Might order a pizza and just chill. <laughs> yep, I have the I have the joke that um, you know, as much as we try to as much in the two years we've been doing this, as much as we try to, uh, you know, we try to do and we generally do them pretty well, like the reviews that we do, you know. But a lot of times they do sort of devolve into like here's this 20 minute tangent that we're going to go on that has nothing to do with anything, but it's really, it ends up being good content anyway. So you came up this idea of like, why don't we just do a show that's just about nothing and we'll just kind of shoot the bull for 90 minutes or however long. Um, And I do think that's an interesting thing to try. So we'll, we'll be recording that tomorrow as we record this. And, um, that will be released at some point on New Year's Eve. Uh, so that'll be our final show of 22. Um, so, yeah, thank you for joining me again. And I am close to the end of Calvin's War. So we will be oh, doing yeah. that soon, oh, probably, yeah. as yeah, well. I'm very, I'm very looking forward to that one. Yeah, I think I have that. about 75 pages left. I'll probably finish it, like, tomorrow. Sounds um, good. So we can probably do that next week if we want. Uh, all right, man. Thanks. Peace. All right. Let me get rid of the robot. All right. Um, nope, wait, nope.